Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you happen to be listening to this, the latest episode of The Curated Culture. Thank you guys so very much for taking the time out to press play or download or stream our latest episode. I am your gracious, humble host, Rob, joined as always by by Maria. Hey. Uh, this is our second time recording this. We're not really going to go into (laughs) why we decided to re-record. Just know that the first one was absolutely... Uh, yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was not good. It well, it was decent. We just decided to save your ears. Yes. (laughs) So, we're doing a a second go around here. Um, which is good. It, it it'll allow us the time to kind of you know recenter and recorrect everything. So, thank you guys for sticking through. Um, before we get into the show, we'll get into a little bit of bidnaz, as they say. And the bidnaz is, of course, just making sure that you are um, subscribed to the show, however you happen to be listening to it, whether it is Apple Podcasts or iTunes or Stitcher Radio or Spotify or Amazon, however, make sure you subscribe. If you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure that you drop a five-star rating and review. That helps us out within the algorithm, helps us rank higher, gets us in front of more eyes and ears and uh, overall just helps the show so we would appreciate you tremendously if you did that and don't forget to um, go ahead and hop on over to youtube youtube.com slash robbie diesel and subscribe over there as well tons of fantastic new content headed your way over on the youtubes and the tweeters via don't at <laughs> follow us over on twitter via at underscore curated culture at Robbie Diesel or at Red One Maria. Very, very good stuff happening there as well. And that's where we're going to start is on Twitter. I noticed a very interesting drammer unfold on Twitter, and I thought that it would be the perfect thing to talk about since we are pop culture connoisseurs, if you will. And this is... this particular thing has the makings of like a bootleg murder mystery whodunit thriller sort of um i don't know amazon series i guess and we have no idea how it's going to end up because you know most of the action has been relatively radio silent what i'm referring to is the drama of topanga's husband <laughs> you have to that's, you have to get her in there somewhere. Yeah, that's that's forever how this gentleman <laughs> will be known. Uh a guy named Jensen Carp though. Uh it's television. A name. It is. He sounds like a fish. Like well, like a carp, great really? A great value Pokemon. <laughs> Jensen Carp. He flops around, doesn't even evolve. Just a terrible trash person, which in reality We'll get into that in a little bit as well. But Jensen Karp took to Twitter after allegedly finding what appeared to be shrimp tails in a box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. He is a big fan of the cereal, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, 
and as such had a backup box just in case something like this happened uh in which upon opening the backup box he discovered certain cinnamon toast crunch squares had hard black objects baked into the squares it looked like uh either really really burnt sugar or animal droppings and in addition to that he also found what looked to be like dental floss and then noticed that the bag itself had seemed to be tampered with retaped up if you will and it sounds outright disgusting for one like i have i personally don't know what i would do if i opened up a box of cereal and poured some into a bowl and saw like shrimp tails for one but then to go after a second box and have some like equally like dental floss that just i didn't like dry heaving just thinking about it and it it sounds absolutely disgusting so he took to twitter to talk about it and you know because he is a, a verified media personality on twitter of course the post goes viral so much so that it caught the attention of General Mills and General Mills kind of gave him the canned corporate response like, hey, uh, we're sorry this happened. We'll send you a coupon. Of course, he's like, no, that's not good enough. And then finally, an official General Mills uh, representative reached out to him and said, hey, you know, we want you to send the cereal to us so we can test it and figure out what's going on. And he kind of refused at first and then eventually caved, I guess. Um, And then there's been like no actual conclusion behind it. I'll tell you why there's been no conclusion behind it in a second. (laughs) But um, first off, like, what the hell? How (laughs) what would your reaction be if you opened up your favorite cereal, poured some in a bowl and noticed like shrimp tails in there? It would. It's like the most weird, random thing that you can find in cereal. Yeah. Like I, I would immediately think like a disgruntled employee like threw their lunch leftovers into the cereal. I don't know. But then you think he said that the package had been tampered with. Mm-hmm. So then I'm thinking, well, maybe somebody just doesn't like me. Yeah. In my cinnamon tro- toast. Uh, problem you know what i mean like then that would be targeting me not necessarily like packaged that way right and it, you know general mills had a, a decent defensive statement at least they're they're saying that hey for all we know the packages could have been tampered with after they left our factory but it, it's like how like how would you how to that effect how would you be able to tamper with um, cereal bag and box and then put it back to where it doesn't look like because I would imagine he opened them like fresh like brand new I, yeah you would think I don't know they got those cool little like you ever seen like the thing that like melts the bag back to seal it's like it, you go on top of the bag and it melts it oh really like a, like a heat up. clamp yeah. or something like that like you just huh. slide it over like the top of the bag you want closed and sure. it reseals. Okay. Um, I mean, you know I what? guess like if you're like really into like 
wanting to stick this guy with shrimp and dental floss. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it it really it really honestly doesn't, especially like when you consider how much effort you would have to go through to um, open a box, open the packaging for one, throw random stuff in there, reseal it, reseal the box, and then either put this back in this dude's cupboard or send it off to a, a random grocery store across America. I mean... You know, I guess granted here in the States, you know, our food processing and all that always comes under fire in some way, shape or form. You know, you can find, you know, metal shavings and baby food and stuff like that. So I guess it's not too far fetched. That's more, more makes more sense than the random stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, if there was plastic in my Simmons host, like, okay, some kind of machine or something broke that you can kind of make sense but you can like, rationalize it you know you got a cocktail shrimp tail in there and you're like what the hell <laughs> uh, it's it's yeah it's weird it, it, it just it feels like it is it's one of those perfect scenarios where like too much is weird for it to have actually happened and if it did happen at the manufacturer, it would affect more than just the lucky two boxes he right. purchased. He just so happened to purchase, yeah. And that was that was my first thought. Like, why why haven't we heard from more people? Like, yo, I I too found some cinnamon toast crunch with rat droppings and uh, dental floss or something else like in there. There's been nobody else has come forward. Now here's where things get a little tricky. We don't know what the actual conclusion of this saga is, and maybe we'll never know, because shortly after the post went viral and really took off and um, people kind of discovered who the original author was, several people from Jensen's past (laughs) kind of resurfaced to tell the world how much of a trash bag human being he has been at least in the past and this of course is all allegedly according to uh reportedly sort of things but uh there were several of his ex-girlfriends who came forward and said that he was you know verbally abusive to them um one of them said he said something to the effect that he was surprised that they were still alive and hadn't killed themselves yet like really, really emotionally abusive, really dirtbaggy sort of guy. A couple writers came forward saying that he blatantly stole ideas or was blatantly mean and rude and snide to people. And it's it it's it's almost like perfect timing because you know this person is is gaining that fifteen minutes of viral fame from something that he tweeted about. And then there's other people that are coming forward like, uh. Eh, Let's let's not jump too much uh, to this guy's defense because he is known. Uh, one person said that he is <laughs> a uh, marketing major and a blatant liar all in one. So perfect story, right there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and that that really kind of took me back. Like wow, like you know, not that he's living the dream, but. He's, I would imagine, making decent money. 
he has access to the right people in the right industries. Like, why would you need to make something like that up? Why does anybody get attention for that sort of thing is my ultimate question. Yeah. And that's just the nature of the beast right now. The more weird, the more out there, the more stupid idiotic thing that you can think of that might stir up a a controversy or a a conspiracy theory or mm-hmm. the then that's what gets views that's what gets likes that's what gets all that stuff that a habitual liar would really enjoy yeah yeah i mean i, I can see that i can see that aspect of it too it's it's just it's a really weird scenario and i remember following it on twitter and then just watching everything just kind of go dead as soon as everybody start coming forward like yo this guy is a terrible person by the way like if it happened it happened cool but let's 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 not lose it on the fact that he is still a trash bag human being and um ah, what is her real name uh, Dan- I think it's Danielle Fischel or something or Danielle Carp, whatever it is now. Um, like she even tweeted like during the onset of, of all this. And now both of them have been just completely radio silent. Do you think we'll get a conclusion to this story? Or do you think now that, you know, all these accusations and all these recanting of, of previous experiences with him, are out in the open, do you think it's just going to go away? I think it'll fizzle. I mean, you know, unless he can, he had like hardcore proof that, you know, they're baking rat shit into cinnamon toast crunch, which I don't see happening. Uh, then I think he kind of, it backfired. He'll kind of slide back into his cave or whatever, his hole, <laughs> and he'll slime back out later mm-hmm. doing something else. Something else extravagant until somebody else calls him out for right, being a piece right. of trash. Yeah, it's just like climb back into the hole and concoct another scheme. Right. Live to see another day. Yeah, makes sense. They do have. In case you're wondering, or you enjoy a little cinna dust on your shrimp, uh-huh. they do have a seasoning now. It comes like in the seasoning aisle. Mm-hmm. Cinnamon toast, cinna dust. What would, I mean, outside of like maybe French toast or something like that, well, why would one use cinnamon dust? Put a little on your dental floss. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Before you throw it into the bag of cereal <laughs> yeah. and return it. You know, you dust it, like marinating it in the bag of cereal, and then you take it out and you clean your teeth with it. Now you wouldn't have to do that step. You could just sprinkle it with dust. I don't know. I guess it would have to be like toast or... Yeah. Maybe coffee. I wonder if you Yeah. Did you know there are people who will save... This is probably going to disgust you, but there are people who save the milk from their cinnamon toast crunch and pour it into their coffee. (laughs) yeah so um yeah i mean i i i personally couldn't see a use for it but i'm i'm pretty sure somebody out there likes it so there was a gentleman who 
was working at, I want to say it's like a car customization type of place or kind of like a mechanic uh, that worked on specialty kind of things. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but he got into an argument with his boss. Don't know what the argument was. Don't know what started it. Obviously, um, it was a big enough argument to where the guy quit. So he said, you know, after this job, I'm out. Mm-hmm. And um, he left. But, you know, when you, you quit a job, you always worry about that, that last paycheck. You're never really sure when it comes. They like to take their sweet time or whatever. Um, does that last paycheck make you nervous? I mean, have you ever quit a job? No. You've never quit? No, I've always left because I was, I guess, yeah, I have quit, you know, going to another job, but it's it's never been like quit, quit, where I You've just You've never left. like, I'm out, kind no, of quit. No, 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 nope, I've, nope, I've not done that. I've always either promoted up or out, one of the two, but... Honestly, I mean, yeah, in in the industry that I've worked in, which is mostly like retail sales sort of thing, yeah, a, a final check does worry you a little bit because, you know, you, you always in the back of your mind wonder if they're going to try and stick you with some kind of fake charge back or, you know, dock your pay some kind of way. So, yeah, right. it, so, I mean, yes, absolutely. Um, Well, this gentleman had about $915, I think, owed to him um for work that he had already done previously so um the one day he woke up to um 91,500 pennies uh deposited in his driveway so deposited Dep- <laughs> yes and when he went to look at there was like a giant pile of pennies there was a note um can you guess what the note said I'm I'm pretty sure I know what the note said. Yes, it was uh two, uh, two words, an F and a U. <laughs> and when he come like went to go grab the pennies, he noticed they were covered in a slimy fluid. Um, like um he like body slimy and it fluid. smelled weird so they were they what they had come to a possible conclusion that it was power steering fluid which would make sense in okay. the line of work he did um so that would be gross <laughs> yeah we don't want bodily fluid yeah, yeah. for sure and like how do you produce that much to cover it, that it, many that's a lot of pennies yeah, yeah. 504 pounds wow of pennies so the dude did get paid mm-hmm. the right amount that he was owed. Okay. Um, just in pennies covered in power steering fluid. Wow. So the dude was like, this is not right. I don't, you know, this is just insane. Why is my former boss? So he went to local news and explained his situation. And they interviewed him and they showed them what the pennies were covered in. Mm. The guy had said that he had cleaned pennies. It took him an hour to do $5 worth of pennies. Yeah. So he is going to be there for a substantial amount of time working on the money he's already worked for. 
Because that's, that's only, what, 500 pennies, right? I, to do $5? Yeah. So, um, the local news then went to the company that he had worked, his former workplace, and asked to interview the boss. Boss had no qualms. It was like, on the news, it... They had to bleep him out like he's a fucking idiot. And yeah, I gave him 900 or 91,000 fucking pennies. Yeah. Wow. Um, don't know how well that would go over as far as a business. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but, you know, there's always two story, two stories. To, oh, yeah. Of course. Of story. But yeah, which was weird that they didn't. Ask about the original confrontation. Yeah. Like, what led to this? Yeah. And that's that's what I'm thinking immediately. Like, what, what did the guy say to his boss to make him want to stoop that low to be like, okay, right. all right, you, you want to do, okay, this, this is what I'm going to do. Like, nobody is just like, oh, well, they quit, so now I'm going to go drop a, drop a quarter ton of coins in their driveway and cover it in that's power That's a lot of work, fluid. too. Yeah, it like like nobody just does that just to do it. So that's where my mind goes immediately is like, okay, what did you do? We know that you're you're playing the victim here. You're going to the news and saying, "Woe is me. He did this to me." Yada yada. But what did you do to push somebody that far? Because like I would imagine, you know, if it's if if this person is the owner of this business, and I can only think for me. Me personally, if I was the owner of of a business, that means that I have to take time out of my day to go to a bank or wherever and tell them I want 90, what was it, 91,000 pennies? Yeah, I want $915 worth of pennies. Like, I want this much money and, and only in pennies. And when a bank gives you pennies, I would imagine they're rolled. I don't know how I I've never asked for ninety one thousand pennies. I know. Well, most most sane sane people. I mean, wouldn't. yeah. If you ask for, you know, five dollars in pennies, sure they're gonna give them to you rolled. But I yeah. think I don't know if you order like a mass quantity, then they just give them to you in like just single those canvas bags with the little money sign. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> what. I, that's another thing that I'm thinking. Like they had to have been in some sort of container or case or bag or something which basically means you go to the bank you ask for this much money only in pennies to move them into another container or unroll them or whatever cover them all in a fluid and take them to somebody's house like that requires a lot of effort and a lot of time just like cinnamon toast crunch boy it doesn't it doesn't (laughs) sound like something that you would you would want to do unless there is some sort of ulterior motive or something else behind the did they mention in the story why like or what was the apex behind the guy quitting or why they got no they never said they just said that they've gotten to an altercation and that he quit on the spot yeah there's i feel like there's a lot more to that story and i feel like one person is being uh a little more facetious than the other well i think there's issue on both ends but um definitely uh not something you see every day 
another thing you don't see every day is a uh, a robot that has uh, what is it Russian citizenship? Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. That's right. I know you have something uh, <laughs> about your favorite artificial I, intelligence. I talk robot. about her a lot. Yeah, she comes up every so often. So I'm talking about Sophia. <clears throat> she is an AI robot uh, created by Hanson Robotics. Uh, she kind of came to life in like 2016. And she's known for like her conversational speech. She can hold a conversation. Um, and she's learning and processing those cues from real people. Yeah. So... She's got, like, a realistic face, and her facial expressions kind of match um, what she's talking about. And she has been granted Saudi Arabian citizenship. Which is insane, by the way. (laughs) Because she's at at the base level. She is essentially a computer with uh, software, (laughs) but also uh, the citizen of a third world country. So... Now, she's testing her skills as a painter. So, what she, what they did was they essentially took, like, a selfie of her own face and asked her to interpret it as a painting. She, what she did is she did. She painted herself. And it's, it's a very, not, it's not an abstract painting, per se, but it's very, um... It's not like a hyper-realistic painting or anything like that. Uh, you can tell it's a face. You can tell it's a woman. Um, but there's some, like, stylistic elements to it. Yeah. Anyway, um, they also put this NFT together. Now, I had to look this up and learn about it. Um, so, it is... NFT stands for non-fungible token. Okay. Um, Non-fungible token is like um, an encrypted digital signature um, that's kind of taken over the art market lately. So it's almost like a digital version of like a leather of authenticity. Okay. So what they did was they auctioned off some of her paintings um and one of them was that selfie and a 12 second video of her painting it Hmm. was offered in the nft so um that at auction got like i want to say like 600 or 700 thousand dollars wow so um she had other smaller paintings of different things ranging, you know, from like, I think like 2000 and up, but, um, it kind of was amazing. The person that purchased it goes by the name 888. <laughs> so, um, very mysterious in and of itself and uh, seemed very excited to have acquired this, this painting. Yeah. NFTs are like huge now. Thank you for that little micro lesson, by the way, because I, I've been seeing NFT come across my news feed quite a bit. And obviously I was being lazy this week and not clicking and, and discovering exactly what that meant. So, so yeah, I learned. It, yeah, it was 
something hard for me to uh, wrap my head around. But like uh, the well, like the founder of Twitter. Yeah, um, like cre- Jack Dorsey. Yeah, he created an NFT of his first tweet. Oh, okay. And that sold for a retarded amount of money. Millions um, of dollars. And there's also another digital artist. His name is Beeple. Yeah. Uh, you laugh, but yeah. Beeple has made an NFT collage of some of his work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that sold for a, a cool $69 million. Well, listen. You got so. you got all those canvases in there. You need to get rolling. <laughs> Take a picture of it, and we will sell it. So, it's insane. And I, I mean, wonderful that she's painting and not uh, trying to rule the world yet. Yet, um, but it makes me uneasy that they still have her, you know, mulling around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. I've seen other past interviews with her and her her conversations. Yeah. Uh, some are a little scary. Yeah. Uh, some are a little like awkward, but you can tell that like it's, it's like pro- like processing the situation. I don't know. It's just the whole idea creeps me out. So anytime she's in the news, I'm like, I'm on it. Yeah. Well, I was. You know, during our first run of of the show, <laughs> I was talking about a, a book that I remember. Um, I didn't read all of it, but I remember starting it because it had a um, a very interesting. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like plot points, basically, and it is a uh, it's like a nonfiction fiction book. A nonfiction fiction. Yeah, book? if that makes. I'm trying to figure it's like out the. Icy hot. I know. <laughs> so basically, what it, it is, what it is, and feel free to correct me in my description of this book. <laughs> it's called "The Singularity Is Near," uh, when humans transcend biology, and it is essentially about uh, technology becoming so um, advanced that it gains the ability to become self-aware. And when it becomes self-aware, it is so advanced that it realizes that it no longer needs humans to function. And so um, as such, humans basically get eliminated or will get eliminated Mm -hmm. and artificial intelligence will be the new human race. Yes. Yeah, which is frightening to, to think about, but... You know, you see it in media, uh, you know, iRobot, you, you talked right, about that yeah. quite a bit. And, um, you know, there's always these evil robot overlord things lurking in the background. Yet we still continue to pursue, like, making things smarter uh, yeah, yeah. and more convenient for us. Yeah, we wanted to learn as much as possible for whatever reason. Because we are so arrogant in our thinking. That's what it is. Yeah. I, Nothing could be as as smart, smart as a and, human. And you go, okay. Yeah. If you watch the news, I, that sort of thing just, yeah, boggles my mind. But, you know, with what we're doing between the environment and things, you, you know, AI doesn't have to breathe oxygen. Yeah, they so. don't have, they don't need air. They don't need cool. water or anything like that to survive, which. 
is another just make me a pet. Like I can be a cute pet, I guess. Right? Uh, yeah. No, thank you. No. I'll I'll be the guy that's like fighting to the end. I'll, I'll be the half uh half humanoid. I told you, you're gonna be the one in the chair like on Wally with the VR set and you'll never be the wiser. Yeah, this is true. Weak ankles and everything. Just a big pudgy and if I have to run I'm toast because you can't I even used, walk. I haven't Stand used up. I get like that in, in, in real life. Like I go to the bathroom and That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm in there too long that my legs oh. are useless my kudos of the week goes to an instacart shopper now we use grocery service sometimes instacart's not very popular in our area specifically but um an instacart worker is in the grocery store obviously getting ready to to fill an order but had to use the restroom Mm -hmm. and so the poor man has to use a grocery store restroom, which that's one place that just, ugh. yeah. I try to avoid at all costs. Yeah. Do you remember when I went to our local, our local Myers grocery store and I went to the bathroom and, you know, I'm handling my business and I look over to the right and there's like Coke residue still on the, <laughs> do you remember me posting yes. that picture? Do you remember me when I had to go into that single bathroom in our grocery store (laughs) and there's a worker in there she's like oh sorry i thought i locked that and then was like trying to have a conversation and i'm like shutting the door like that's the type of nightmare i get yeah Yeah. so so grocery store bathrooms are cool obviously (laughs) right it's where the action happens literally um he goes in to do his business and he hears what he's here's a sound that sounds like someone loading a firearm no bueno. Not what you want to hear. Nope. Um, then he looks, and from what he can tell, it looks like the stock of a a gun or a butt of a gun that looks to be something like an AR-15. Mm. So um, dude has the sense to be like, okay, I'm getting the hell out of this bathroom. He tells, uh, I think it was a Publix is that what he was in, says, hey, tells the manager, there's a person in the bathroom. Sounds like they're loading guns. Hmm. Not what you want to hear, especially on the tail end of the Boulder, Colorado thing where, right. you know, several people died. Right. Horrible th- incident. So then they both notify the police. The manager immediately evacuates the whole store. In the time that they did that. So it, I don't know how long it takes to to evacuate a store, but I'm assuming quite a bit yeah and the police get there this guy finally comes out of the bathroom with six loaded guns bullets and chambers body armor on. Okay. has all of the handguns on his person i think he had a rifle and a shotgun in a bag now they said that they questioned Quite was no. They said that they were unsure as to what his intentions would be. Now, <laughs> I don't know about you, but if you're going hunting, I'm not loading my firearms in the public's bathroom. Right. 
So um, they arrested him and uh, charged him. But kudos to the Instacart shopper. Yeah, for even who, reporting it. Who even reported it or, yeah. you know, was so aware that he, God knows how much he or who he saved. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that takes a, a great deal of awareness and, and mental wherewithal to not specifically just be like, I have to get the hell out of here. You know, of course, that's going to be your first thought, but... You go from I have to get the hell out of here to I have to report this. I have to say something. And, you know, him contacting the people in the area and then maybe even calling 911 or something like that so that the police can get there. That that's a that's a big deal because, you know, he could have been like, ah, that's strange. I wonder what's going on and just peaced out and went on about his day and and something else could have happened. You know, another mass shooting or he could have told the public's. Store manager, like, hey, uh, um, there's a guy in there, and they're like, okay, you know, right, yeah, and yeah. just went business as usual, mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, I know some managers be like, okay, I'll go take care of it, right, and, yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, some smart thinking, um, erring on the side of caution probably saved quite a few people. Absolutely, yeah, that's that's actually a really cool story. I I enjoy that. Thoroughly, so thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, now let's talk about <laughs> not something. like the, the you know it makes me think of sorry. what's that? Go ahead. The Home Depot one, the Home Depot story. I know you've heard this story. Probably refresh my where the guy though. is like, I'm about to go blow this oh, toilet up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and somebody thought he had a bomb. Yeah, when really he, <laughs> meant he was just gonna take a massive dump in yeah. a Home Depot bathroom. Uh huh. We're gonna go blow this Home Depot up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our main topic tonight is is kind of twofold, and and it one kind of plays off of the other. And it's it's basically you know the home experience, consuming media at home. Last weekend we finally took the dive and invested four hours into watching the Snyder cut of justice league, which in my opinion, it was a great movie. It didn't need to be four hours long at all, but it definitely did justice mm-hmm. uh, to that franchise <laughs> and, and it redeemed it. And, um, I remember my reasoning for wanting to talk about this initially, and and this has since been debunked, but I remember seeing an article or a headline that was uh, something to the effect that the Russo brothers who directed Infinity War and Endgame uh, had noticed the the massive success of, of Zack Snyder's Justice League and said that they would be open to releasing a six-hour master cut of Avengers Endgame. Now, again, that article has since been debunked, has been proven as being false. But could you see that like some studio actually doing that at some point, like actually releasing a six-hour movie? 
I can see them. Yeah, I mean, they're pushing it now. Like, oh, well, you did three. Well, now I'm going to do four. And, you know, so now there's talk of six. And, yeah, that's great. But I, I can't do that. I can't. I can't sit for six hours and be totally vested in something. Like, I will lose. All interest. All in, I, I mean, and hard to keep a storyline engaging for six hours and not yeah. lose people in in the midst of that i don't yeah you know i was i immediately my immediate response and i remember commenting on a, a post that tj threw up on facebook like i couldn't i couldn't see myself sitting through you know another four or five hour movie and, and like that's just too long but then i started thinking like well why wouldn't I be able to? Because I know there's been times where I've sat and in a day knocked off an entire TV series. Like, for example, um, Ted Lasso. Mm -hmm. We watched the first season of Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus. And that, granted, we did kind of break it down because we got up and went to like a birthday party or something like that, too. And when we came back, we finished it. But that show, I believe, had... 10 episodes in in the season and they're a half hour long which is what five hours right so like doing something like that and that's not the first tv show that i've done that with like i can remember getting through the first four or five episodes of the feed which that show is like 45 to 50 minutes an episode and like that's kind of how justice league was broken up like it had you know all these different parts to it i guess so that you could if you wanted to take a break or if you wanted to break it up you could enjoy it kind of like episodic uh television i guess but i i always i always said that like initially that's too long when when he released his director's cut of the watchman and that was almost four hours long it was like my god and then, you know, I, I said that again, I, I would never be able to sit and watch like a four hour movie, but I can do it with TV shows. So what, what do you think the difference is? Why why would it be a little easier to consume something like a TV show, which uh, or a series, let's call it not specifically TV show? Um, why is it easier for us to binge on um, TV shows or series and not movies? I can tell you exactly why. Okay. Because you're the only one controlling the remote. I can pause it and take a pee mm-hmm. whenever I feel like it. Mm-hmm. I can get up, walk around, take a phone call. I can, you know, sit in my underwear on my couch and watch it. There's there's something about being at home where there's not a... You don't have to worry about the person next to you. You don't have to trip over every time anybody that you have to go to the bathroom for. Yeah. And, um, you're you could be possibly paying for the experience at home, but then you're also not, you know, bound to it. Like you can, like you said, come back, go to a birthday party, come back and watch it. Right, finish it up and things like that. Those yeah, type of things. I think that experience is more tailor made for at home versus in the movie theater though like not saying that there won't ever be a four-hour movie to release because i mean realistically i i could see something like 
Avatar 2, for example. Well, yeah. <laughs> Lord of the out. Rings was long, too, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Lord of the Rings was super long. But, I mean, like, I can see a movie being released to theaters as crazy long. I just, I feel like if you're going to go on a, a super binge, is, is what I'm coining this as, it, I feel like it, doing it at home is by far the better experience. Oh, yeah. And um, one reason I wanted to talk about this particularly is because we watched a, a documentary on a company that kind of trailblazed the, the super binge path. And it brought back all these all these different feelings. Um, and the documentary is on Netflix. It's called The Last Blockbuster. <laughs> the it's, irony. I know. <laughs> uh it it details you know blockbusters rise to um you know video rental supremacy and how they had grew so fast and a lot of that stuff that i had no idea like i didn't know um when straight to vhs or straight to home video releases first came out that movie studios were trying to charge a hundred bucks for the movies themselves like that's crazy Mm-hmm. And then, you know, somebody had the presence of mind to strike a deal and go, hey, you know, we'll we'll do this revenue sharing thing and we'll rent out your videos and, and we'll share profits with you based on what we make. And then, you know, Blockbuster is born. And from there, you know, because movies are, are so widely available, uh, that that experience is kind of born where you can go and you can rent. You know, somebody talked about being really big in the horror movies, so they would go and rent Friday the 13th, you know, one, two, three, four, five, all the way through. And you, like, that is kind of binge watching, right? You spend a weekend watching all those things. It is. And it's kind of the same lines. Like, usually if a series movie comes out with a new one, there is usually, like, a theater where you can... purchase like where they, they'll they show consecutively all of the movies and then you get to watch the, the next one like that midnight or whatever right yeah they, so they did that at a comic-con once like with um was it when infinity war first came out they showed all the marvel movies in sequential order i, I it doesn't surprise me i think somewhere but i don't know you know, I look at that and I'm like, that is way too many hours to be sick. Like, I right. can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that for sure, because it would it would easily take, you know, a like, day, two days to watch all those movies. <laughs> Half of your con would be watching the movie. Like, right. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But what was cool about the blockbuster thing is, yeah, you learned kind of how they got to be so huge so fast. But then you think, like, I used to love going like hey let's go grab uh some movies from blockbuster and you know we'll grab some snacks and and make an evening of it make a date of it yeah that was it was because it was a complete experience like and not unlike how you know movie day nights are now you know the the blockbuster experience in my opinion was a little bit better because you could be like and we did this plenty of nights like all right, let's let's plan on picking up some takeout from our favorite Chinese joint, <laughs> and then we'll go to Blockbuster and and we'll decide on you know getting a movie or two or something like that, 
and that that in and of itself, it, like watching that documentary and listening to people talk about it, like all the memories immediately started yeah. coming back. You like, go, oh, that was so much fun. Yeah, like even the person talking about the blockbuster smell, you don't <laughs> like <laughs> you don't specifically think about it until somebody else mentions it. But yes, blockbuster, most blockbusters had a distinctive smell, and it wasn't even like a terrible like a GameStop smell. Where you it's can not walk like in. a bowling alley smell. Yeah, it's, it's more like a you walk in and it's moldy or musky or something like that. No. no, most of the time you walk into a blockbuster and it's like a combination of plastic from the the DVD cases and snacks. Yeah, like sugar <laughs> and plastic. Yeah, which is super crazy to, but, to think about. And yeah, and then you think about like our son has no idea yeah never never had that experience has no idea that you used to go and physically pick out your movie yeah and i mean like he's seen dvds yeah for sure for sure so, he, knows, I mean, he knows what those are but he he doesn't know the experience like of yeah going like to you a couldn't store. just turn on the tv and take your pick of movie like it yeah was, or the notion like we have to take this back <laughs> like yeah it's not it's it. not ours permanently and you know it's like okay well it's kind of like the library only for movies movies and video games and video games and that was i don't it's just strange because you know we talk about it like oh that was so much fun like spending an hour in blockbuster deciding on what you're gonna watch that night for sure like you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you guys, cool. Right. I mean, it was, though. It was, like I said, it was a, a total experience because, you know, you kind of had the the, comp- the movie night compromise. If And thankfully, you weren't, like, super heavy on, like, the rom-coms or anything like that. No, now, they just make me angry. Yeah, well, now, later, later in life, you... You get into the Netflix rom-coms and stuff like that. Yeah, every once in a while, I don't mind one. And they have their place, but... Yeah, it was like back then, I distinctly remember, you know, kind of... <laughs> I guess that's why I'm I'm pulled towards Shudder like I, I am. <laughs> because we would spend so much time trying to find, like, really good horror movies that we had not yet seen. Yeah. And there was a certain quality to the movies back then too to where even like a bad i just did air quotes a bad horror movie was still like salvageable except for that one uh remember the one we i forget the name of it the it one was, you made me watch last night made me want yeah to it was <laughs> that one was pretty I trash too you know but um i forget what it what it was but it had the brother in the pink shirt the hugs not drugs <gasps> oh i love that movie <laughs> that, that movie was <laughs> trash but i remember us like we finally picked it because every single time that we went to blockbuster it was either there or not there there yeah. was no in between it was never always there and it was never always checked out. It was like either there or not there. It was there. sporadic. And the times that we... That's that, going to bother me now. I know. The times that we um, noticed that it was there would always be the times where we would be there almost for a specific movie. Like we should There's like a new this. release or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
and and so finally we took a uh took a chance on it and it was just the worst it, it was, was so it was so bad that you start to enjoy it after I, a while I enjoyed because, it. yeah and um i i miss that i do i genuinely miss that experience and that I, again for me is kind of why i gravitate towards services like shutter because you know, minus the experience of physically walking into a store and looking at the movie cases and things like that, you you get the same sort of experience. You dig through just countless amounts of, of horror movies and you try to land on one that you think oh, yeah. is going to be the, the diamond in the rough. But sometimes you just you find more rough in the rough. Yeah, there's a whole lot of rough. There is a lot of rough in the rough. For sure. What what was what would be you know your favorite memory or what was your favorite thing about Blockbuster, going to Blockbuster? Going to Blockbuster, uh-huh. I think yeah, just like searching for that movie, like the one that you're in the mood to see. Yeah. So you know if you happen to not be wanting a scary movie or something that will make you laugh, like you could go. And then you could, you know, like when you're picking up, like kind of like an obscure movie, you're not really sure. And then that person walks by and like, oh, that's a really good yeah. one. You should get that. You know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Then you're For like, sure. okay, now I, I'm bound to this movie. I have to get it. It's like fate. Yeah. Kind of or even like the, the guy in Blockbuster, like there was always the dude or, or the young lady that was just like, like you knew they were, they wanted to be like a director or something like that because they always knew about the movies that you were picking up that it's just like, mm, let me know what you think about this. Like, I don't want to tell you specifically. And then when you go back to return it, if you went like, inside. Damn it. Yeah, (laughs) you go back inside and you have that like 10 minute conversation with your blockbuster person. That's just like, oh, this is what I liked about it. This is what I didn't like about it. And that experience is lost with streaming services because, (laughs) you know, you get reviews and stuff like the movie we watched. There was reviews and it was like highly rated. And I'm like, what is what is going on here? Um, and that's, that's a little weird because I do, I really, really miss that. And you know how much I hate the fact that like when we're out and about, there's always a random person that wants to talk to me for hours on the end. You have like a secret society that follows you around (laughs) and like secretly worships Rob and they want to just do nothing but talk to him. Oh my God. For so long about nothing, but like I didn't mind it as much in Blockbuster because it was like that conversation and and you would it's you would just get like like people at cons like they're yes, like they're exactly. your your people <laughs> yeah you would get steered towards like oh if, well I, you picking this up you should check this out first and then go back to that All like, right. I really i do miss that that experience in particular um <laughs> do you think we'll ever uh well before i ask that question there's the final standing blockbuster here in the states it's in bend oregon i personally now that i know that it's still in existence i want to after we get fully vaccinated and all that fun stuff like i would love to take a trip to that but even if it's like a weekend thing like i want to go just to see that blockbuster just to have that experience one more time um but do you think that we will ever have and experience or experiences like that ever again like we still have GameStops that are standing we still have things like family videos but even those are are, are dying off 
Um, do you think we'll ever have like that community feel or that experience like Blockbuster gave so many of us back in his heyday? I, it's hard to say. Like right now, it doesn't feel like it. I mean, you've got COVID in the way of interactions with anybody for anything. You've got um, all of these in-home streaming services that doesn't require any human interaction with anyone. So it's hard to say. I think <clears throat> once, you know, we get things under control and this virus is is not in the mix, I think there'll be there always will be something that or some business that will have that same experience. Maybe not exactly the same way. Like, you're never going to be able to go to a, a movie store. Right. But there may be other ways, you know, that you experience. Maybe maybe your VR set and your fat ankles <laughs> will be in. <laughs> My weak ankles. In, in, a, in another business where you can share that experience with like-minded people, I guess. Sure. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's kind of a bummer, man, because that was that was a great time. And I remember I, I highly, highly, highly recommend checking it out if you haven't already done so. It's called The Last Blockbuster. It's on Netflix. Uh, it is a, a wonderfully done documentary. Um, there, it's not like a, a love letter to Blockbuster by any means, but at the same time, it kind of is. Um I, I enjoyed it. I would definitely recommend checking it out and let us know what you think about it after you check it out. We'll do the the blockbuster community thing. We'll we'll right. share our reviews. Um I think that's that's gonna be it for this episode. I definitely love the way that this one flowed a lot better than Yeah, this one makes a whole lot more yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely one more. Was just... <laughs> Dad. Maybe one day we'll release it because I still have the file, but probably not. Thank you guys so very much for listening to the curated culture. We appreciate each and every one of you. Um, now, to toss it over to you, if you want to help us continue to be able to do this at a high level and also make sure that you don't miss an episode, then you have to do a couple different things. Those things, of course, being make sure that you're subscribed to this show through whatever medium you're listening to it under, be it Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher Radio or Amazon or iHeartRadio, whatever. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Thing number two, make sure that you drop us a five-star rating or review if you can, because that is one of the single most helpful things that you can do. It helps us out in the algorithms, in the rankings. The higher up we rank, the more people see the show, the more uh, chances we get to, to continue to do this and continue to grow and be better for you all. Uh, make sure that you're following us over on social media uh, at the curated culture on Facebook and Instagram at underscore curated culture on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us personally at Robbie Diesel pretty much everywhere or at Red One Maria just about everywhere except for TikTok. Follow us along over on there. Jump on over to YouTube, youtube.com slash Robbie Diesel. Subscribe there. There's tons of new video content coming your way, coming pretty soon. And as always, make sure you check out the website, the 
curatedculture.com. Tons of new articles uploaded there. That's going to be a really big pop. I put a lot of emphasis on that T and tons, but tons of new uh, content over there as well. Thank you guys so very much for listening. Be safe. Take care of each other. See you next week. Adios.